And now, the greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right, Blow the Whistle. With your host, Tyler Butterball Buterball. Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker. And he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine, now DeRozan, Vooch. He's going to be able to set these guys open. And last year, 37.8% from three-point. That's pretty darn good. And David Double D Dykstra. Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out of there with no more than three losses. Like, they're, they're going into conferences where they're going to get shellacked. Andrew Pepe Valentin. This is... The biggest scar on the Blackhawks, on hockey, on the NHL, you could possibly think of. This was a conspiracy theory that is true. This is this was a this was a conspiracy to cover up the fact that this monster was allowed to inflict his his will on this young man and use his power as a coach. Hit us up on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. And now here's Tyler, Andrew, and David. That's right, folks. Welcome to Blow the Whistle. I am your host with the most from coast to coast, Mr. Andrew Pepe Valentin. Yes, I'm embracing wow. that name. You know, you know what's funny? You totally sounded like one of those 80s DJs right there. <laughs> We're the best from back, coast right? to coast. I am most your host. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, of course, I am uh, Andrew Valentin. I'm, of course, here with Tyler Butterball Buterball. Absolutely. And last but not least, David Double D Dykstra. There you guys go. <laughs> Dykstra. Dykstra. Yeah. Family, man. It's all family. family. We're all a family. I was doing my best Brian Kelly impersonation there. Uh, always, always fun. Always fun. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we want to welcome you, of course, to Blow the Whistle if you are new. Obviously, returning listeners, thank you all, of course, so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you guys are listening to us at SportsDownChicago.com, of course, uh, make sure if you guys want to follow us on social media, it is at BlowTWhistle1 on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well for everything that you're looking for. And if you guys want to email us as well, it is at BlowTWhistle1Radio at gmail.com. We appreciate all the questions, all the comments you guys can throw to us. We want to hear from you guys. You guys want to interact with us. We want all of that. Love that you guys give us the support, everything like that too. And of course, welcome to all the new and current listeners of the Under the Hood podcast as well. We appreciate you guys being here, joining with us as well, listening to the greatness that is us of Blow the Whistle. Uh, wow, that's not conceited at all. <laughs> no, I'm not in a conceited mood today. Yeah, I'm just I, really not. I'm not feeling good about I'm, myself, guys. <laughs> I'm feeling good for there all of go. us. So, I, I, Well, I, of course. You're who dat nation. Yeah, that's right. That's no, not who dat who day. Oh, who day nation. Who day? Who day? Right. Who dat is? Yeah. Saints. Who dat is yes. the saints? The, that Houdet. nation is not in there right Houdet, now. Who dat? Who day? Well, ladies and gentlemen, who dat? Who day? We got a bunch of owls in here. I think who? Uh, well, people, uh, we are kicking this one off. Obviously, for this first hour, uh, we're gonna continue to talk about what's going on with the Bears, the head coach, and the GM search. We had a wild and wacky weekend for the NFL playoffs, and of course, we're going to be talking about the greatest segment in all of radio that is you're killing me smalls and if you guys had a you're killing me smalls moment something that had you grabbing your head and pulling your hair out you guys can obviously if you have hair if you have hair <laughs> yes some of us are follically challenged of course we know but uh make sure to tweet at us or hit us up on instagram at blow to whistle one uh facebook twitter instagram all that good stuff we have follically challenged we have vertically challenged we have <laughs> 
skinny challenge for myself. <laughs> my mom said that I would be the perfect weight if I was 6'4". <laughs> uh, amen. Right? I'd be in the NFL right sweetheart, now if I was 6'6". Six six. Sweetheart, you're not fat. You're just vertically challenged. Yeah. If you were 6'3", six, 6'4", six, you'd look beautiful. Absolutely. Thanks, Bob. Absolutely. Uh, stretch out a little bit. Uh, well, gentlemen, are we ready to kick this one off? Let's go, let's, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do this. Uh, so, all right. Uh, so, for the obviously uh, for the Bears, uh, continue their search of the next head coach and GM, aka the search for the next suckers, as they continue <laughs> as they interview uh, Bills assistant GM Joe Schoen uh, and offensive coordinator for the uh, Buffalo Bills Brian Dable. Uh, this past Sunday, the Chicago Bears also interviewed former a uh, Miami head coach Brian Flores, as well as Saints assistant general manager uh, Jeff Ireland. So, the question I'm going to throw out to all the fans and then I will throw it out to our boys in here, is what direction should the Bears go in for their head coach and GM hiring? Again, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Blow2Wits1. We want to hear from you guys. And I'm going to start with you, David. What direction do you think the Bears should be going in for the head coach GM hiring? I'm honestly, I'm actually very intrigued about the Saints, the assistant GM from the Saints. The Saints are a team that has hit on a lot Mm -hmm. over the past five, ten years. So that would be a very intriguing one to me. It looks like, you know, he may know what he's doing. I want a GM. First and foremost, I want a GM that is football forward, knowledgeable, and isn't afraid to put himself out on a limb with a coaching hire that is maybe a little bit outside of the box. Yeah. I'm, I swear on all that is holy. I will go to Vegas and burn it down the next time I see Jim Harbaugh is the favorite (laughs) to become the next Bears head coach. Like, to me, that is absolutely... Oh, so you just want Mike Dick at 2.0. Yeah. Oh, so you just want John Fox (laughs) 2.0. I'm sorry. He had a good year. Yeah. with, With a talented quarterback who, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, everybody figured out the next year. Mm -hmm. And he didn't make any adjustments with that quarter. Well, he's talented enough that, you know. (laughs) And what has he done that was so great at Michigan? Uh, They've had one good year. Yeah. He has yet to recruit a quarterback of his own until this year to come and play at Michigan. They were all grad transfers. To me, one, I think Jim Harbaugh would be absolutely asinine to accept the Bears position because right now he's God in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. He got them to somewhere where they didn't think they were going to get for at least another two years, I think, or at least another year. Secondly, I just don't think it's the – you've got your franchise quarterback. You need someone in here that is going – to take that franchise quarterback and mold an offense around that quarterback. Mm -hmm. To me, there are maybe two names that have been head coaches in the NFL before that I would, I would not be completely upset about. Uh, Doug Peterson's low man on the totem pole for me, but if they decided on him, I would be okay. He has a brilliant offensive mind. Yeah. He's shown that he can win and he's shown that he can take a, I don't want to say less talented, but I'm going to say less talented team to the Super Bowl and win with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that I would love if they got him and has been a head coach before would be Jim Caldwell. I think okay. the man is brilliant. And like we said, we're looking for a person who's 
not necessarily young. You want stability. Not and it, you want stability, and you want someone who 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 thinks outside the box, right. and, and can and can conform and change with the times. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm I'm gonna sit here and tell you guys, and I'm gonna say it until I'm blue in the face. The Bulls, uh, from Buffalo, mm-hmm. yeah, number three, Byron Leftwich, number two. Which if the Jaguars fans get their way. He he's gonna be Jacksonville's next head coach. Probably. <laughs> they blew up Twitter on that. Mm. But my guy, and now that he's free and eligible because th- his team lost yesterday, <laughs> is it is Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator from from Dallas. Okay. All okay. Right. Tyler, what do you think? After seeing the Bills and Patriots game on Saturday, <laughs> it's it's making me lean more towards Dable as the head coach. Because, I mean, it, it just makes a little too much sense because, obviously, because there's there's rumors about the Bears either getting a defensive-minded coach or an offensive-minded coach. Yeah. Well, since you got your franchise quarterback and you're going to invest in this kid, you're going to have to bring an offensive-minded coach to get this, offensive, this offense lighting up because yeah. that's what you want to rely on. And seeing Dable manage that offense to score, how many was it, 47 points? 47. 47 47 points points against the Patriots defense, which we've said that was one of the best, if not the best defense in the league. I think they're top five in every category pretty Uh, much. Bills are the number one defense. I believe the Patriots were considered second or third overall in terms of defensive stats and everything. But then, so it just makes a lot more sense because if you saw the plays that they they had up for Josh Allen, uh, a mobile quarterback, Mm -hmm. getting getting him that can work with a mobile quarterback, a dual threat guy, it just makes a little too much sense, in in my opinion. Yeah. And one that I was, and then for GM job position, uh, Showen, is that my saying that right? Yeah, Showen. Showen. Show, uh, Showen, I think, is actually out. Showen Otani? No, not that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, no baseball yet. <laughs> assistant GM for the Bills. Yes. I think if we, if not, the Bears brought in both Showen and Dable, I think, just with those guys already worked together, mm. I think the connection on the recruiting and the drafting and all that stuff, I think it would be a little, I think it'd just be spot on. Um, and it would just, it just kind of help out a little bit better. So then you don't have to worry about talking to good old McCaskey who knows everything about, <laughs> about football. Yeah. Um, I, I just think if pairing those two guys together, it just makes a little bit more sense. Mm. But I mean, there's a whole bunch of other guys um, I've, that they've interviewed as well is, I can't. I can never say his name. Quasi Odofo Mensa. Yeah, and then Champ Kelly. The one I would like possibly about Champ Kelly is that he's an he's an internal hire. Right. So I mean, so far the Bears with doing internal hires hasn't been too too bad. As Sean Desai, he was he moved up into the uh, defensive coordinator position. So I mean. Mm-hmm. Not big on those names, but those two guys that I just mentioned so far, I think just both of them. Having previous work experience together and then coming together to Chicago, I think it would just. I to me, I would I would love that um, pickup. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, for me, real quick. I mean, listen. I like Brian Flores is obviously a really good coach, but I feel like because of all the stories that are coming out with him personally, it feels like he's not a good personal coach. So there may be some disconnect from the players and the organization, which is not good. 
And I'm going to say, yeah, Brian Brian Dable is my guy. Uh, Schoen, Schoen, however you say his name. Yeah. <laughs> the assistant GM for the Bills, I think that's the right hire because those two work together. You want two guys that are going to work together to build this team up, to make them better. And I feel like that's the that's the proper combo that you can – because look at what they did for the Bills. Ireland's good. He did a lot of good things with Miami, got them to 11-5 and five in 2008, a playoff. But I, I think you got to go with the Bills because they're on a roll right now. And if they win the Super Bowl, you can't deny that they're – that's that's a team you got to look at, especially hard. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you if there's one show that knows a lot about blowing whistles, you better believe it's this show right here, ladies and gentlemen. We'll discuss whistle blowing here on Blow the Whistle. Take it, Allen, looking, waits, the patience. Allen turns the corner and he will. Brady keeps, end zone, wide open, touchdown, Gronkowski, Burrow, tries to keep it alive, scrambles, throws it back in the end zone, but was he out of bounds first, or is it a touchdown? The result of the play, touchdown. Touchdown! The season comes down to this, in his car end zone, intercepted! Jermaine Pratt has it, and for the first time in 31 years, Cincinnati, your Bengals have won Highlights, courtesy of CBS Sports and NFL Network. It is Blow the Whistle. I'm Andrew Valentin here with David Dykstra and Tyler Butiball. Obviously, guys, if you want to check us out, follow us on social media at BlowTWhistle1 on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You're giving me a weird look, David. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, listen- I'm just listening to the, <laughs> the, the music bed right now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm in like one of those like... I was thinking 80s, mu- 80s <laughs> yes. movies yeah, it's like, yeah. where you're training to get to yeah, like, like the playoffs. Or something. Or something. Yeah. I was just like, I was thinking Sonic the Hedgehog like I, for some reason. I feel I like I was like Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, I feel weird. like I should be doing chin ups right now. <laughs> brought, to you, brought to you by the Odyssey Music Library. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you heard uh, one of those sounds, obviously there at the end, uh, that was the sound of a late whistle coming in after Joe Burrow's incredible touchdown pass in the second quarter as the Cincinnati Bengals won 26 to 19 against the Las Vegas Raiders on a Saturday and weekend, really, which. Had a lot of crazy moments happening, uh, but the question I'm going to throw out to the listeners, and then I'll throw it out to the boys here, uh, is which team impressed you the most uh, this weekend? Uh, obviously, hit us up on Blow T Whistle One, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Tyler, I'll start it off with you. What team really impressed you the most this weekend with the playoffs? You know, I was originally going to say the Bills just because this was not the exact, like the same Bills that we have seen all season. Mm-hmm. This is the same. Like this is the Bills team that lost to the Jaguars six yeah. to nine, and for them to come out and to do that against the Patriots was absolutely unbelievable. But for me, I think it was the Bengals. Granted, I all I definitely thought they were. I knew they were a better team than the Raiders. Yeah. But I was thinking with having a second year quarterback and a rookie wide receiver, mm-hmm. just I felt like with it being playoffs, it was going to get into their head a little bit too much. But they played confident. Yeah. Like Joe Burrow. I mean. I love that he's got that cockiness because, yeah. like, he's just got that swag, and he he felt he seemed he looked uh, calm and composed mm-hmm. and was just balling out into that entire game. So, for me, that biggest surprise so like in this week, first super wild card week, yeah, was uh, the Bengals because I mean, I mean it was huge for them to win their first playoff game in thirty one years, yeah, and just for having that young team and coming out and beating a veteran 
quarterback like Derek Carr and then other guys that's been there for a while. It was to me that was huge. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, the Bills thing was really good, but I liked the Bengals a lot. And considering that this was Joe Burrow's first playoff game in his second year, and that team is extremely young, the fact that they were able to go in there and play their butt off, and I understand that there's a lot of controversy about that whole the whistle thing and stuff, right? I mean, it it's a late whistle that comes in. The play should have been nullified, repeat the down. I get all that stuff, but... The way the Bengals were moving the ball at that point, momentum was going their way. He wasn't out of bounds. He didn't step out of bounds. He was floating just over the line because he's amazing, and he's Joe Burrow, and you got to love him. If you don't, you're he's, a hater. He's playing like one of the top five, I would say, quarterbacks I, in the league right now this year. I would say he's top five. I mean, I might be a little biased, but, you know, uh, that's just you know, me. I was I was worried about how he was going to be this season after his injury last season. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, he came out of that injury and he's just lighting it up absolutely david what about you man what team really impressed you i mean from from this week bills <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i get it tyler you don't want to go with status quo we we try to stay away from status quo yeah. on, the, on the show <laughs> but how can you not just go I that oh, was okay, unbelievable oh, okay super bowl wannabes <laughs> yeah i mean josh allen's numbers are insane he only through four incompletions and five touchdowns, three hundred eight yards. It's just that whole that whole they didn't game. punt once. No, they well, didn't and, punt and once. Here's the here's the crazy. I'm pretty sure they scored a touchdown every single. Here's drive. the crazy part about that. He did that in below freezing temperatures. Yeah. yeah. Did but did you guys see Ryan Fitz? Ryan Fitz magic was at this game. Was yeah, he shirtless? Shirtless, <laughs> chilling out, shirtless with Bills Mafia, and I forgot what end zone he was in, but they See, found a picture of him, and he was. I just, love that Fitz was there. Oh yeah, no, it That's was awesome, fantastic. Well, I mean, you got to figure. I mean, he's a graduate from Harvard, so I mean, well, it's he not played for he, the Bills as well. He's not yeah. like an idiot. No, yeah, right. He's <laughs> he, a I mean, smart man. He loves. He loves the fact, <laughs> and I'll guarantee you. If he decides to retire, which I don't think he, I think he's going to try and play one more year, but if if Fitzmagic decides to retire, he's got a commentary job waiting for him somewhere. I'll guarantee oh, you. Marshall Sports is going to call that dude in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah, for Guaranteed. sure. I can totally yeah. see him over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for me, <laughs> I, I'll say this. I was I was very impressed, not just with Josh Allen, but they actually had a running attack, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Like, Singletary came out there. It was like, man, have they been sandbagging everybody all year long? And just going. Hold them back, hold them back, listen, let them go. Singletary, if you don't whine and complain all season long, <laughs> we are going to feed you the ball like no other in the playoffs yeah. and just let you go. But once again, I'm going to sit here and tell you this much, though. If the Bills do not make the Super Bowl this year, look for them to call the New York Giants. And I'm not joking about this, about Saquon Barkley. I, that wouldn't wow. shock me. I, mean, I, would, that, would, I would not be surprised, but wow. That that's would, the only that piece. Dump, that dual threat in the backfield of yeah. Allen and Barkley, that would be something. That would be nasty and Good luck, AFC. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good lord. But once again, I I was thoroughly impressed, like you guys were, with the poise and the presence of Joe Burrow, uh, showing that he's way more mature than a second year quarterback who really didn't play much of his first yeah. year. Did you guys, anyway, did you guys see the meme that they were talking about with this matchup of the kid from Home Alone and yeah, one yes. of the guys <laughs> I was trying to bring yeah. it up, Merv or whatever? Is it, it is. weird that I mean, obviously everyone says how Josh Allen looks just like the kid from. 
Home Alone. But I did not realize to think that <laughs> Derek Carr looked exactly like oh, yeah. the one guy that was trying to break into the house. I can't remember his name. Yeah, but it's Merv, that, I think it is, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And that was just scary, identical. It was more, that, that those two looked more together, close together than uh, I mean, it Burrow helped, and the kid. It helped with the matchup, and certainly I would agree. Yeah, the Bills was a great performance. But unfortunately, I can't say anything for the Eagles. Buccaneers game okay, because here's 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 what I want to bring to the table for the Eagles Buccaneers game. Okay. Uh great performance by Tom Brady. Would you expect anything less no, in the first season? Up, of course. Yeah. Absolutely great performance by Tom Brady. Uh Mike Evans is loving life being the only <laughs> wide receiver on that team right now. Absolutely. Uh besides Gronk. Uh I I don't think he has a problem sharing his time with Gronk. I think but this game was his was it his sixth? It was a some number Consecutive game of having a hundred plus receiving yards. Uh, I believe it was his yeah fifth or sixth. Fifth, I think. Yeah. Mike Evans. Yeah. Look at it. Fed the ball. And not to mention Godwin. Godwin goes down. Yeah. Antonio Brown loses his Tony mind. Brown. <laughs> Antonio Brown loses <laughs> his mind. Who else do you have? There's right. no one else. I, yeah. But see, here's the thing that I didn't realize until Sunday. Do you guys realize how deep they are at tight end? Yeah. Yeah, who else do they have? Rob again? Gronkowski, OJ Howard, Cameron Braid. Oh my <laughs> god, I totally <laughs> forgot those two and guys. I they, yeah, I still forgot. I forgot Bray they was are still on there. They've got they two are guys that could be starters Lord. on any other team. So deep in yeah. tight end, that, like they could go three tight end formation what impressed and me, still just yeah. go gaga. Here's the thing, and let me get this, and then I'll, I'll let yeah, you no, say. Um, I really, really do. I, I, I don't fault Jalen Hurd at all, and I think he is an NFL quarterback. I just don't think he's in the right system. Uh, given the right system, I think he can be a very effective. I don't. I'm never going to say he's going to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I think Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I was waiting for them to put him in. Go, I'm. I. I, I thought really, they were going to pull Jalen Hurts for him. Yeah. I really do think Gardner Minshew is a better fit in that. In that system, well, he started what, two is. two games this season. Yeah, and he, he did. He, and played he played well. well. He did play well. James it's Gilman just Kobe. unfortunately when it comes Gardner Minshew, I just don't feel like he had. He's got the work ethic. Don't get me wrong, and he's a tough kid. It's just he doesn't have that it factor that I feel like you need as a starting quarterback. He's always going to be labeled as kind of that backup that kind of jumps around the league, and it's like, well, what that winning attitude? Well, like everywhere <laughs> he goes, right? But that's the thing is that he's always going to be kind of like Mister Nick Foles two No one's ever going to really hard commit to him because there's another quarterback out there that could always be better than him. Yeah, that's I, a, I, I'm, not, I'm not backing up Jalen Hurts. But I mean, you got to look throughout the whole season. He played fairly well. Yes, he was. I a think a lot of this was just because this was his first playoff start, absolutely ever. I, so I'm not backing him up. He's still bad performance. But I mean, like I said, I think he can be a a a capable NFL quarterback in the proper system. I just don't think the Philadelphia system is the proper system for him. New Orleans, we're calling you. <laughs> that would make, that's the thing. I think he needs to go to the quarterback camp of Sean Payton or somebody that he can learn from because Nick Sirianni, he seems like a decent coach, but unfortunately, he's I'd the offensive he's line better. coach. That's I'd, the thing. He's I'd honestly say he's, quarterbacks. I'd say he's better than decent head coach. I mean, from where they were at the beginning of the season to yeah. take them to where they were True. and making the playoffs. But how much a, was that him and how much was that the defense too? Because that defense stepped up there at the end. We can't forget that. Like that defense really did work. You got to score points, though. True. I mean, true. <laughs> yeah. three three nothing is a win, but I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, they're not holding <laughs> How opponents much of to it zero, right? But like, I, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and I guess know. I got to give credit to the run game for 
and not that's having the, Leonard Fournette either. That dude, was Bonnie Bernard, man. Came out yeah, of nowhere, <laughs> playing was, like a pro. I was working. <laughs> I was uh, doing uh, Sunday's bets with Quentin Mayo and Travis, and uh, they were just talk, like, I think Travis was just like Giovanni. Like, who the hell is he? Where did he come from? Yeah, he's like. Uh, Cincy. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. yeah, that's like when I forgot about him. You forgot that's, that I'm, he's on that team. I'm telling you right now, that was one of the sneakier pickups by Tampa Bay in the offseason. They always get these sneaky pickups. I, just, too. Sneaky, I hate it. sneaky pickups. I, mean, I hate it, but it, I love it. It's it's incredible. I Congrats to him, by the way, too, for continuing his career yeah. when everyone's like, oh, Le'Veon Bell's going to take all the carries. Ah, not so fast, my friends. <laughs> Giovanni Bernard. Did Le'Veon even clutch. see the field? No. I, he exact, didn't even come out. Yeah. He didn't even come in the game. It. Uh, and, I, but, I, I love the fact that Le'Veon Bell goes to teams and everybody's like, yes, we've got Le'Veon Bell. And then he doesn't see the field at Ever. all. No. I'm finally home. Are you home? Are Water you boy. sure? <laughs> Unbelievable. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, obviously that's going to do it for us here. And then, of course, we've got the most amazing segment coming up. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's your Killing Me Smalls. And if you have a moment that said you're Killing Me Smalls where it had your head in your hands or your hands sliding down your head, uh, make sure, of course, to hit us up at Bullet Whistle one on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and let us know what had you saying you're Killing Me Smalls. That's coming up next here on Blow the Whistle. You're Killing Me Smalls. Here we go now, folks. It is time here on Blow the Whistle. That's right. Andrew Valentin here with David Dykstra and Tyler Butabaugh. And we are doing your killing me, Smalls. There's so much. So, so much that we could do, folks. <laughs> this has been such an active week of your killing me, Smalls moments. Uh, obviously, if you want to hit us up with your you're killing me, Smalls, hit us up. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Blow T Whistle One. We want to hear from you guys as well. And I'm going to start with you, Tyler. Oh, okay. I'm going to start with you, my friend. Wham! Yeah, right <laughs> you off never, the bat. You never go first. I never go first. <laughs> Be careful. All right. Yes! Yes! I do not have a dump button here, dude. You guys don't even know what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Say that yeah, really loud. I, right. I swear, if it goes there, I'm out of here. So, if you, guys, if, you guys, if you guys saw, which I hope everyone saw, the uh, Bills and Patriots game, obviously... It was, it was it was an absolute beatdown by the Bills. I but really don't know if I can keep a straight face on this. Nope, one. I shouldn't have said beatdown. But <laughs> <laughs> go go but, go go go! If you guys saw the game, if you caught at one certain camera angle, you would have caught something else at the game. <laughs> Some fan, we don't know if it is a Patriots or a Bills fan. I can almost assume it was from the Bills Mafia because I wouldn't expect anything less. <laughs> there was an adult toy just chilling in the end zone. <laughs> and the amount of different pictures and angles there was, I don't know how long this was sitting in the end zone. <laughs> but, the, okay, so not only that, it's people throw stuff all the time on the field, okay? That being one of them, I, I first off, I want to know how in the hell did it get in past security? My whole thing is like, okay, did someone like hide it in their pants and then what? The guys it, patting him down like it, uh, it, it's, he's it, packing heat. It, it's not, it, it, it's not metallic. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, is it that is gonna, really me, sir. It's that gonna, is me. Listen, man. If you're getting wanded, nothing's going to go off with that thing. So. <laughs> but oh, I'm thinking, boy. the guy like pats him down and then he's just like, what's that? And then he just kind of gives him a look like, <laughs> and then he's like, oh, <laughs> just walks off. So I'm like, how does someone sneak something like this into the Bill Stadium? Oh, man, it was, it, it brought a great laugh into me. 
I'm just really glad it didn't air on Nickelodeon in the slime zone. That would have been. We don't need images. <laughs> we don't need images. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm just. All right. We're going to so, have to put an oh, MA rating man. on this yeah. show. We have to stop the, the programming There is a boop on the field The following program <laughs> Has been interrupted So alright before I get myself in more trouble I'm just going to end it up with this But to the fan throwing this out In the field and somehow Going past security without security Even noticing it I'll give you a big old You're killing me Smalls all right. Wow. Killing us with laughter. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, Tyler. I want to just want to. What a tool. If it was on Nickelodeon, I just want to know what the announcers <laughs> over there were going to try to I'm, say I'm about sure it. I'm sure they, they were told to ignore it. Yeah. It Although it doesn't ign- help that. The shot that I saw from the Instagram, I think it was, had the Patriots players like pointing it out on the Whoa, field. What is that? Yeah, <laughs> you see what that is? I ain't touching that. Like whatever. Like they're all a bunch was. of teenagers. Look what's on the field. Oh, well, see if it was part of the Nickelodeon. Uh, air, it was on Nickelodeon. Air oh, yeah. on Nickelodeon. They would have given it a tight top shot, half and a mouth. Shot. Well, they had a little kid that's on the sideline. When he's like, look what I found, guys. <laughs> Giving it a top hat and a mouth. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's SpongeBob SquarePants' well, new friend. Well, you see, you circle here, and then you go here, and boom, right up the end. It's, the, it's the sea cucumber. <laughs> the sea cucumber. <laughs> you know, from SpongeBob. <laughs> from SpongeBob. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. What's his name? Peter. Peter. <laughs> it's little uh, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Richard. Richard. <laughs> This is going to be the whole moment. No, no, go. No, we got to right, go. go. Right, right. I'm going to do this real quick. Um, so I'm going to say this is for the refs, uh, not for the refs, but for the fans that are complaining about the refs, okay? So obviously, Cincinnati game, you've got Joe Burrow throwing the touchdown pass. Uh, that one I understand with the whole whistle being blown dead and everything like that. And, you know, people are just complaining about all the refs through the game and stuff. Listen, folks, even if the Raiders were to get that play back, or excuse me, even if the Bengals were to get that play back, do you really think that with the momentum the Bengals had, do you think that they're going to stop them in that moment? No. The Bengals were rolling. They scored first. They already had momentum. You're tied 13-13 going into that game. Then at the half, you're 19-19 going into the fourth quarter. The Bengals were going to – they're going into overtime no matter what. So you can say whatever you want about the fact that the Raiders should have won that game. Uh, The refs just – man – too much with the ref stuff. You want to know something? 15% of the time, it's the ref's fault. 85% of the time, get in the freaking end zone. How about that? How about let Josh Jacobs take one into the end zone and block a little bit? Instead of having Alex Leatherwood, who had five holding penalties in this game, who leads the NFL in false starts, eight. Second in the NFL in penalties, 15 caused a lot of problems for the Raiders, I would have to say. Maybe if your offensive line was better, maybe you would have scored more points. I'm just saying. And also to those Dallas Cowboy fans out there, you got to give the ball to the official. You got to give the ball to the official. I don't understand. how it is. It's it's how it goes, folks. So to all the fans out there moaning and complaining about how the refs once again pulled them out, even though we knew the Raiders were going to screw it up, and it's the Dallas freaking Cowboys. 
What do you think was going to happen? I say to you all, you're killing me, Smalls. That's okay. just the circle of life of Cowboys fans. Hopes of winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> I'll say this much. everything else. There was, no, there was nothing better than seeing like a minute 50 left on the clock and yeah. then going on to that lady in the front row and she's already crying because she knows because she's, she's a Cowboys fan. Right. She's just crying already. And I'm like, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, Bar- Barstool Carl said this pretty good on Twitter. To, to all the Cowboys fans, Experience a double doink before you get all upset about this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and also real too to the Cowboys fans. How about you throw the trash at the correct people instead of your <laughs> own players? Like Demarcus Lawrence got almost pegged with a bottle. I mean, come on, guys. You need to be better than that. Seriously. Oh, the worst it all right, been. ladies and gentlemen. Do it, David. Let's hear it. My You're Killing Me Smalls goes out to the one, the only, the stupidest sum of my gun I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life, <laughs> Novak Djokovic. Are you kidding me, dude? I knew you were going to do oh. this. Are you kidding me? Knew it. Australia told you before the Australian Open even started, you need to be completely vaccinated before you come to this tournament. We will not let you into the country. And what does he do? Tries to come into the country unvaccinated. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a vaccination thing. His choice. Absolutely. But you have to deal with and live with the consequences of your choice. If you do not want to be vaccinated, that is fine. But realize there are tournaments that you are not going to be able to be be a participant in. And for you to go the whole way to the court system and try and fight this so you can defend your title is absolute asinine. Who's to say that you don't go there, get the Omicron variant or some other variant of COVID and make things a hundred times worse for the people that you're around because you were unvaccinated. I'm not saying it's a right call. It's just the absolute arrogance of the whole thing. So Novak Djokovic for being an arrogant, pompous, some of a gun and thinking that you are bigger than the, the, the country's rules. I give you a big old. You're killing me Smalls. It's just simple. It's, it's how every sport is going now. It's requiring it most, like you get, it requires it most of the time. And yeah. you just got to know what to expect and what consequences you're going to have to pay well, in order to, if you're not going to get decide to get yeah. vaccinated. It's just simple as that. Well, especially when you're an international athlete. Yeah. Like you're, yeah. that's, that's you're, my you're biggest like, issue. You're like yeah. a, in the, in the U.S. athlete, obviously there are certain rules already in place. If you're going overseas to other countries, you got to understand how their rules are going to work. And not only that, you're the number one tennis player in the world. Bro, don't you want to keep that title? You make a ton of money. He makes a ton of money being who he is. He's one of the most popular athletes in the world, folks. Yeah. Like, he reaches above and beyond some of, like, these U.S. athletes that you think are really popular. He's well beyond that. Makes a ton of money. Oh, yeah. Because, once he- again, this is a sport that's <laughs> super popular in other countries. Exactly. Right. And it's not as popular here in the U.S. Yeah. And you are risking losing all that cash. Unbelievable. I can't. Uh, yeah. yeah. I heard that story. I was like, I'm like, I'm hoping somebody does it. It was it, like a week-long saga. Yeah. Like, he would not leave the country. He wouldn't leave. He, would, he wouldn't stand I'm gonna out appeal, either. I'm going to play. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's, just, like, it's just ridiculous. Stop. And you think... Be, and you made the decision not to be vaccinated. Great. I, I support you 100% for believing in your uh, on and putting something in your body that's fine yeah but be okay with the repercussions of those decisions and they wonder why tennis gets a bad rep sometimes seriously <laughs> i don't get it 
Uh, absolutely. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's going to do it again for You're Killing Me Smalls. But the Cowboys could not wrangle the zebras. Cinderella's terrible tower burned to ashes and is all quiet on the western coast. Wild card part due. Coming up here next on Blow the Whistle. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Playoffs? We'll talk about Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about playoffs. 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 Yes, we're talking about the playoffs. Uh, yeah. So Sunday, obviously, uh, we also saw some amazing games as well. Some outstanding playoff games for the NFL as the Dallas Cowboys obviously fell short 23 to 17 against the 49ers. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes and company just came and turned it up into hyperdrive to beat the Steelers. Two quarters. Two, two yeah. quarters. <laughs> two quarters. For two quarters, they had to turn it on for two quarters, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. 42 to 21 was the final score, beating the Steelers and ending the Steelers' Cinderella chances of getting Ben Roethlisberger maybe back to the title. But question for everybody out there and then i guess i'll throw it to the boys of course uh you guys obviously can hit us up on twitter instagram and facebook at blow whistle one the question is who is more at fault for their team's loss again hit us up on social media we want to hear from you guys andrew valentin david dykstra and tyler beatabov blow the whistle here david i'll start with you who do you feel is more at fault for their loss uh for these last few games we're talking here with the niners and the cowboys and then the steelers and the and the Chiefs. Oh, I'm going to blame the whole Cowboys team. That was such an <laughs> undisciplined game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 14 penalties. Yeah. And and not just ticky-tack penalties. Penalties in key moments. They stop them on third and I, I six with like a minute 43. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, it got called twice in this game. And it's the first <laughs> time I've ever heard it be called. Defensive holding on an, a, a defensive lineman. Yeah. Happened twice in that game. Yeah. It doesn't Which, happen that it much. It doesn't. So I'm like, what do you mean defensive holding on the lineman? And then they showed up. I was like, okay, I can understand that now. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. No, like, Well, not just the choke. Oh, that was the hands of the face. But that yeah. was the hands yeah. of the face. Yeah. But yeah. the other one where he just like straight up just kind of. Yeah, he kind of yeah, bear him. Him. <laughs> takes him to the ground. I'm like, okay. What is this, I mean, that's right. uh, it's righteous. Yeah. And, and it, they cost him. You can say whatever you want about that last play. Mm-hmm. I, what it is what it is at this point but here's the thing if you cut your penalties in half you're probably not talking like that no 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 absolutely not i mean if if, if you they had multiple opportunities to get in the end zone to be able to score they had plenty of opportunities where they could have capitalized on it but like you said they killed themselves with penalties and not only that but their play calling also just they came up short on it like, this is where Mike McCarthy, for all the credit he gets with Green Bay and all he's gotten credit this year with Dallas and everything, he kind of he kind of put them in a bad spot. He kept calling—everything he was calling is short route stuff, the screens. It was all backfiring on him. And, I mean, I'm not even going to—I can't even discuss what happened at the end of the game. I, why, why you're not looking to throw that football when you know— when you know that you have no timeouts left and you think that that's the proper move, the only way that's the proper move is if he goes out of bounds. That's the but only way no that way happened. he could have I would, I, exactly. I would but, have said this much, just real quick to, yeah. to answer that. I would have said if you're going to call that play, you look at Dak before you call that play and say, listen— your booty better be down on the ground with 15 seconds left on the clock. Right. I don't care where you are. It just gets us closer. But it better you better be sliding at 15. Yeah. Because he slid at 10. 
Yeah. And it obviously was not the right move. Right. No, I mean, that whole call, I thought it was the dumbest call ever. That was... Almost as bad as the the Giants going for a QB sneak <laughs> on third and nine, but uh, this was this I mean, in a play in a situation like this, you don't call that kind of play. You yeah. don't do a QB draw. But I mean, aside from the Cowboys side, I mean, well, I'm to your question. I yeah, I blame like just about all the Cowboys. I mean, that was just <laughs> a, hor- a a bad performance, and you guys could they they were in this game. Yeah, but I mean. I got to give the credit to the Niners because obviously they were the underdog. In my eyes, they weren't because I'd never have faith in the Cowboys. Yeah, any postseason. But I mean, the Niners. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't have a bad game, but I mean, I think the defense was really what stepped up, even without Joey Bosa. Absolutely. And, and I'll say this: Debo Samuel's dang, <laughs> what an athlete! He's, what an athlete! Two unbelievable. Uh for as much as you want to say that that Greg Kittle wasn't a part of that offense that day, mm-hmm. he did the one thing that he was asked to do. Yep. And he took Micah Parsons out of that game. Yeah. Some yeah. of the blocks that he had on Micah, yeah. I haven't seen a tight end do on Micah in years. I mean, that's what he was supposed to. I mean, because everybody was, I saw on Twitter, they're like, where's Micah? Why isn't he making plays? And he made some plays. He Don't made plays, wrong, yeah. But he was so... Out of the loop because if it wasn't Kittle, it was the the right tackle and the left tackle that were completely taking him out of the game. And that just goes to show... Getting to the second level. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and that goes to show just how good this 49ers team was at beating this team. They relied a lot on their run game and their offensive line to beat this team. Granted, Jimmy did play well, but Jimmy also had some mistakes. Jimmy, he almost had a couple of them that could have cost the game. He almost almost cost cost the game. There was a lot of bad plays that he had. I will say the one thing that you can give him a lot of credit on, and I think this was his best moment, was on, I think it was the fourth and one, and it's when he did the QB sneak. He got the one yard that he needed to get the first down. But didn't that get called back because of a penalty? Uh, yeah, it did. Yeah, yes, it it did. did. But I, but it, even still, I mean, you see, he got it, but because of the penalty, it gets called yeah, back. No. But he, I, the way that he did it, where he's pulling the ball, and it's the Tom Brady thing, like they said on the broadcast, like he went to the school of Tom Brady to get those first downs. He fakes the ball going to his left, and then he tucks his shoulder and rolls in with his right to get the first down. That's how you do it, folks. That's I'll, how you do it. I'll be honest with you. Like, both teams are super undisciplined. That being said, though, yeah. This is the worst case scenario for the Green Bay Packers. Like, <laughs> that is yeah. true. This is the last team, if I were Green Bay, that I would want to see rolling into Lambeau Field next week. Yeah, they're Absolutely. 0 3 in the playoffs against the 49ers, folks, since Aaron Rodgers has been there. Not a good look. Not a good look at all. Should we go on to the. But do you think, do you think that. Uh, the cold weather is going to... I mean, it's obviously going to play a factor, but wouldn't that give the Packers the benefit you, since these Niners... Uh, first off, do you know where Jimmy G went to college? <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Right. Yeah, Eastern. <laughs> he was born but, here. I mean, he's the guy that obviously threw the cold weather. He's been out weather. in San Fran for a little while. He's, he's used to that. The same thing weather. goes even if he goes down. Trey Lance played in North Dakota I, State. Well, no, yeah. they, play in the the Fargo Dome. they play in the Fargo don't, Dome. Don't uh-huh. knock the Fargo but, Dome, baby. He's, he's <laughs> said he's trained in the cold. Yeah. That's where all the workouts and all the practices were. Outside. And then he'd go in the dome towards the season so they can be rested. So, I and honestly, I don't think it's going to hurt them all that much. A lot of those dudes are, I mean, Nick Bosa even. I know he's in concussion protocol, but he went to Ohio State. He's, yeah, he's, he's, no, they're right. used to the cult. They have I, I, I think they'll be all right. Absolutely. Okay. But on the other side of this, obviously, I'm going to say this real quick. I'm, I'm just going to say it real quick. I'm giving this on the offensive line that I think lost the game. They didn't do a good job protecting 
Big Ben. Um, they didn't do a good job opening up the running lanes. Even though Najee had some good moments. He had some good runs. He ran strong. But they did not do a good job protecting the quarterback and opening up the running game, which if they would have, the Steelers may have had a better chance in this. I thought for a quarter and a half, Pittsburgh. Because the last thing that you want to do for Pittsburgh yeah. is have them be in that game in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. Because for some reason, it takes... It takes Ben at least two quarters to warm his his old body <laughs> yeah, up. It does now. But I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little sad. Uh, it's an end of an era yeah. in Pittsburgh. And, it is. And, and the thought of Mason Rudolph starting for the Pittsburgh Steelers next or year. Or Hoskins. I don't or have. See, <laughs> Aaron I'm, Rodgers. I'm one of the weird ones. I would rather see Dwayne Haskins start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Then Mason Rudolph. Oh, yeah, Mason Rudolph has gone out there and proved that he can't do squat. Yeah. I yeah, agree no, with that. He's, he's correct. But he's trash. they don't like the, the coaching staff absolutely hates Dwayne Haskins. He they say he's Which, lazy, uh, yeah. lazy and doesn't work to his potential. So I doubt he'll see it. I'm almost positive they're gonna go out and get a veteran quarterback to come in mm-hmm. and actually, as much as I really don't I wouldn't mind seeing Fitzmagic there for a couple seasons. I was gonna say, what about Derek Carr going to the Steelers? That, oh. Wouldn't that, that be would, a trade? That would be, I mean, it would be a trade, but it wouldn't be much of a trade, I don't think. It cost maybe only like a third or a second. You think, you think LA's for, really, or Las Vegas is really that down on Derek Carr? That's the thing is, I because see, here's he's the thing. So, they got to get the right coach. so very, inconsistent. Yeah. yeah. And that's I don't the problem. know he can he play, wants to stay. He can play like a top five quarterback, or he'll play like a bottom five quarterback. Yeah. You just never know what you're going to get out of Derek Carr. I mean, it's not. Any, I wouldn't be surprised because. They've had him for all these years. They're right. just kind of sick of his inconsistency. Because it's not any different in Oak or Oakland, in Las Vegas than it is. <laughs> right. In, I, keep, I know. I keep doing that. It's not any different because the offensive line for the Raiders has not been great. Obviously, Leatherwood has been their hugest issue, of yeah. course. Uh, but for the Steelers, they have more weapons, I think, to work with. And honestly, they have a young team that I think they can still work with. So I, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little. I'm a little suspect on on what what'll be next, but the Chiefs, man, are just <laughs> yeah. His Pittsburgh had me in the first yeah like quarter and a half. I thought there was a chance. Oh, when they were tied seven that, to seven, I yeah, was like, was oh, this chance. is gonna be a good one. But yeah, no, I I blame the run game in that in that game as well against Pittsburgh. Yeah, they only 56 yards total out of whoever they handed the ball off to. Absolutely, absolutely, I, it's. It, it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is going to be the end of this show. For the first hour. Hey, man. Uh, <laughs> let's give our predictions for the, the, the Monday uh, yes, night game course, real quick. Of course, of course. Who you got, uh, Tyler? I got Cardinals still. All right. I have faith in them and that they're going to beat the Rams this, this tonight. I'm going with the Cardinals. Easily. I'm going with the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Stafford throws for like 450 yards tonight. Watch it. All right. That'd be All cool. Right. That'd be cool. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be the end of this show for the first hour. Uh, however, fret not because we will be back with the other half. We'll be into the thick of the basketball force the for the NBA the and college basketball. And we will reminisce about playoffs past. Coming up next here on Blow the Whistle. Kasumo again to the basket. Gets two. He is good. Vucevic. Traffic finishes with the third. Vucevic, as he said, is back. Whoa. A long two gets multiple screens. Takes a fall away baseline and drains it. And you could have sworn we had DeMar DeRozan hitting the final shot in the fourth corner because we have come back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Blow the Whistle. 
I'm Andrew Valentin here with David Dykstra and Tyler Beaterwell for hour two. And we are here to kick it off, ladies and gentlemen, with some Chicago Bulls. And we are looking, of course, into the NBA season as a whole. At least you didn't try to do that. <laughs> and now you're starting. <laughs> Who did that? I wanted to change it up. I thought it was clever. No, yeah, I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you try it once and it doesn't work. That's cool. Right. You try it again. It's like kicking a dead mule. Well, you got to get that voice right. You got to get that groggy voice that that man had, you know. Yeah. And now you're Chicago Bull. You got to do it. You got to get it like that. You so. got to get the growl. Uh, yeah. Time. And no. of course, we're going to be talking about. <laughs> we'll see. We're going to be talking about the next gen pros coming out of college basketball, plus our favorite playoff moments throughout history in the NFL. Uh, so, obviously, guys, you can hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Blow Whistle One. Also, too, don't forget you can email us at Blow Whistle Radio at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys there as well. So, yes, we're kicking this off with the Chicago Bulls. And the Bulls, unfortunately, they have lost four of their last five. They are currently on a three game losing streak with major upsets coming against the Brooklyn Nets and Golden State Warriors, which both have scored 138 points apiece. Question I'm going to ask you, the fans, and then I'm going to throw it out here to the boys in the studio. Are the Bulls coming back down to earth? Part one. And then part two of the question is, can they beat the elite teams after major losses to two of the best? Again, hit us up on our social media at BlowTWhistle1, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Tyler, kick it off, man. Part one and part two of that question. What are you thinking? So to the first one, no, I don't think they're coming back to earth. I still believe that they're a, an elite team in the East and in the, the whole NBA in general. Okay. I just think that they're in a little bit of a slump. Um, and can they beat the elite? Absolutely. Because, I mean, despite them not beating the Nets and the Warriors, they've, they're, what, 2-1 and one against the Nets this season? Yep. Yeah, so they've beaten the Nets before. They've been able to whoop them and with no, uh, with no issue. What I think it was is that they kind of weren't expecting – the much of a change from that Nets offense when Kyrie Irving was back because yeah. now that he can play, he can play. He's clear to play, but only play at away games, and it was in Chicago, so Kyrie was able to play. So, I they can still play with the elite teams and the Warriors. I mean, they're just gonna have to figure something out with them because that Warriors team is just on. It's insane. They're just an absolute yeah. tear, and now they've got Clay back. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess they they still been on a, they've been on a little bit of a a weird roller coaster with clay even being back yeah. they haven't been doing great but no i've still got guys i wouldn't count the bulls out i mean everyone was saying i've heard announcers are saying like they're, they're gonna get exposed or like once they like they did get exposed and that they're not even considered up there with uh who who do they list off of um over on the east i'll, I'll think of it in a little the bit Nets and the and the Bucks no and even all lower than that really they uh they didn't list them off until don't say philly do not. No, they Philly. did. That's who it was. No, they, why? They, Dude, we're they so did. much better than. That's who it was. They we, said they are so much better than Philly. <laughs> they said that they uh, wouldn't even consider the Bulls above Philly, which I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. So, <sighs> I, because they're like they're gonna have their they have their nice little Cinderella story, but it's gonna come down to an end, and I don't think this is at all coming down to an end. They're, the Bulls have been going through a lot of struggles lately with yeah. injuries, COVID. I mean, what the hell? You name it, everything, and now. They're playing the Grizzlies right now, which the score is... I mean, I'm going to say this right now for the Bulls real quick. I'm, if anything, you can say they're going through some normal problems, right? Meanwhile, right. the 76ers, they still can't figure out what to do with their point guard slash power forward slash headache that wants 
to get traded because he's afraid that people are going to be mean to him. So because they want, dude, you're in Philly. What do you want? Like a top five player. Yeah, they're going to throw people are going to throw hoagies at you no matter what. Get over yourself. (laughs) I love that you called it a hoagie. You're welcome. (laughs) And the Bulls are (laughs) still (laughs) Bulls are still number one in the East despite the three game losing streak. So yeah, no, they're still they're still up. Oh, and another team they said they didn't even uh they they wouldn't even put uh Chicago over Cleveland. No. No, with Cleveland's all size. Yeah, that's they're that's all awesome. size, and then one skilled player in Darius Garland. That's so, it. <laughs> no, but all this crap that they're saying is they haven't really seen the Chicago from the beginning of the season. They're, right. they're still a hell and an elite team. I don't understand. I mean, I'm not. I'm not worried right now. They're just in a little bit of a hiccup. Every team is 82 game season, guys. Yeah. No, I. I'm. I'm the same way. Listen. This Bulls team, yes, they are. They're currently down. I mean, right now in the game, and obviously, you don't want to, you don't want to say they're coming back down to earth. I think they are a little bit. Listen, they got on a really nice hot streak. A lot of people did not think they were going to come out that good. Now you've got some game tape on them. Now you know how to kind of defend them. So teams are starting to figure it out. But like you said, they've had injuries. They've had COVID. They've had to go through different personnel in and out of the lineup constantly. So and they're still trying to figure out right how to get the size on the court so that they can compete with some of these better teams. And we're still trying to figure out who they're going to be trading for if they're going to be trading for anybody. If this is kind of the lineup they're going with and. Now not having Caruso, Javante Green, two very active defenders out there yeah. who can also help score coming off the bench. That's been the hu- the biggest struggle for them. Absolutely, I think I, just, them. I think they need to get their chip back on their shoulder. Yeah, because I think they were enjoying like, yo, we're like really good of a team. Yeah, and then you got the other elite teams slapping you in the face. So I think right now, like coming back to earth, I think when we're when you ask that question, they need to come back and be like, okay, guys, let's get this. Let's get back together and yeah. let's get this back going again. And what I liked a lot is I give credit to Donovan mm-hmm. um, is I believe, I don't know if it was against the, it was either after the Nets or the Warriors lost, but he took the blame for it. He's like, I just need to coach better, which not saying he's been doing a hell of a time coaching this season. He's Absolutely. Been probably going to be coach of the year. I would say so but, at uh, this point. <laughs> for him to like take, like take that blame. That's, that's a huge hit to take. And I mean, I would just love to see what they're going to change up and go from here. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of, like you said, it's just we need the Bulls need to get their pieces back together. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's the biggest thing right now. I'm As far as them coming back down to earth, I think there is a little bit of that. Can they beat the elite teams in, in basketball right now? Listen, they're 2-1 and one against the Nets, right? That's just the East. I mean, I think they can certainly beat the Bucks. They've been able to prove that before. Um, they, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, folks. Apologies. Uh, yeah. Um But I, they've been able to beat the Bucks. I, I think Cleveland's not something they have to worry about. Philly, I think, is on their uptick right now, certainly. But I think there's going to be that. Uh, it's going to hit where they hit kind of the downfall. Whereas the Bulls, it feels like hopefully this is kind of that little like down moment for them where they can kind of come back up, you know, especially when all-star break hits. I think it gives them a break, gives everybody a chance to rest. They come back, they're refueled and ready to go. And it, I mean, they're 0-2 now against Golden State. This is the only time, other time they were going to play them. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not a good look. I mean, Golden State beat them both really handedly yeah. both times. But this is Golden State. We know that they they've got maybe the best coach in the NBA, maybe the best player in the NBA, maybe the MVP. Even they're thirty one and twelve. So I mean, they yeah. have they're doing hell of 
Yeah, and they're great. not even the top team in the West, so that goes to show yeah, like yeah. how good this team is. Like they they've been on their own slump as well since Clay's been back because they're still trying to figure out how do we balance him with Jordan Poole, and you know they're trying to get everything together themselves. So taking this loss, I'm not too worried about the fact that they were even able to put up the points that they were able to against that team. Yeah, missing the players that they were, it says a lot. It's just you're gonna definitely need if you're not making the trade yet. Vooch is going to have to start having the 25-point games. You're going to have to have DeMar have 30-point games. I mean, and you're relying on the older guys then to lift the team. So, you know, Jasunmu, obviously, he had a great game against, against yeah, Boston. Yeah, I want to talk about him yeah. real quick. Is he, he Season high uh, last, last night, two nights ago? Yeah, two, two nights, nights ago. ago. 21 points, shooting 90% with 10, uh, 10 assists. Only rookie to do it. Absolute steal. I mean, I've said it from the beginning. Absolute steal. From that draft, he's that kid is playing his absolute tail off. Mm-hmm. Definitely is the definitely is the guy to come up, the first point guard to come off the bench. Yeah, I would say, and yeah, I mean th- that that was amazing that he because I think his season high was like fifteen before. Yeah, I believe 15, so. 17, 15, so seventeen, something like he's that. Great. At least we're seeing progression through in and throughout, and he's been a hell of a three point shooter, which obviously that we know Chicago has a whole bunch of them. Right, but I mean. It's nice to see where this kid is, how this kid, the level that he's playing on, this his rookie year. Yeah, not even not even halfway through the season yet. Mm-hmm. It just it really shows of how bright this young group can be. Absolutely. And then I think that already. I mean, I've always said before is I love Kobe White. He's been he's been playing great this season. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I think seeing what you got in Io makes it a little bit easier to part ways with Kobe White because, I mean, Kobe White is an elite scorer. He'll probably give you more points than Io will. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we'll give Io some time, obviously. But um, I trust more of Io with his defense than Kobe White with his defense. Yeah, that's my biggest thing is that you've got a – I mean, you got a nice scoring guard who can hit threes, obviously, in Kobe White. He's a guy that you know he's going to take it from long range and he's going to be able to hit shots. Io is more of a precision shooter. He's going to take the shots that he that come to him yeah. that get open for him. But he's a great two way guard. He's able to be a combo guard too. He can play point. He can play the small the shooting guard if he needs to. But he's a really good guy that's able to defend on the perimeter. He's able to even defend inside. He can't really handle the bigger guys. But you know, for what he is, for the talent that he is as being that combo guard that comes off the bench. I mean, for not having Alex Caruso. He's really stepped up in a big way to help fill that gap. He doesn't have maybe the leadership coming off the bench as you would like in Caruso, you know, but for what he does as a rookie, kind of taking control of that bench mob, if you will, and being kind of the commanding leader of it, that says a lot about him. That's a that says why sometimes it's good to take a mature a more mature 21, 22 year old college basketball player than maybe going for the 19 year old kid nothing and I'm not saying this about Pat Williams or anything like that it's that you know the mature guy at the guard position sometimes makes more sense than taking the young 19 year old who can maybe jump out of the gym but is going to make a ton of mistakes no it helps a lot to have that guy no I totally agree and just I just really quickly just want to say just hope that to see Caruso come back soon because I know there were talks about him coming uh, for today's game but just, it, it shows that his defense is being missed by Chicago. Absolutely. And hopefully the Chicago Bulls can make some moves and they can get themselves back into contention and staying on top. But one thing about being on top, everyone is looking to knock you off and take your spot. We discuss the battle of NBA dominance next here on Blow the Whistle.
Alright, and welcome back everybody here to Blow the Whistle. I'm Andrew Valentin here with David Dyke. God, I love technology! Hey, <laughs> Tyler, <laughs> Tyler Um Obviously, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to the show. We've been having a wonderful discussion here about uh, football at the start of the first hour, and now we've been talking about basketball here in the second hour. Uh, so obviously hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah, there you go. Something funky for you, folks. There we go. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I just, I'm so my ride. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> Mondays. exactly what would to my ass. Stupid Mondays. I forget how the song no, goes, but okay. uh, maybe one day. I just uh, wanted to do it so I didn't feel completely <laughs> inept. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good. all good. Get, get, can we give a round of applause, by the way, to David Dykstra, ladies and gentlemen? Give a round of applause to him. We had some technical issues. Absolutely. And he scrambled to grab this. So. Man's great. Fantastic. All right. God bless America. <laughs> well, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are in the dog days of the NBA season. That's right. The NBA season's uh, dog days are upon us. So it is the beginning to become clear as to who is actually legit. Legit, and who is kind of just going through the motions. So my question to all the people out there and then throwing it to the boys here is who is the best in the East and the West? And I'm going to say, let's, let's make it top three for the best of the East and the West. And uh, David, I'm going to start with you, man. So you can kind of take a breather there and uh, give us, who do you think is your top three for the East and the West? Top three in East. Uh, numero tres. I'm going to go Bulls. Okay. Uh, okay. They've proven to me that they can hang. Uh, they're on a little bit of a skid. And I think it's just a, a little bit of, you know, people being injured. Yep. A, a little, probably a little bit of a hangover. They've been playing a lot lately kind of thing. Um, so that's my number three. Okay. Number two, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. <laughs> um, that's crime time. Oh, great job. Andrew. I'm, so, I'm so proud of you right now. That's <laughs> WWE for all you out there. Um, they, They've got injuries mounting up mm-hmm. and Kyrie can only play when they're away. So Kyrie can only <laughs> play when he away. Um, Very nice literature there. So, but Durant just went down with that injury. So he's out four to six weeks. So uh, numero one, I still think is Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, until proven different. They are defending champs, so there's that. Uh, number three in the West. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Phoenix Suns. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Number three, uh, I, I just, I, I like them. I, I'm sentimental, I guess. I want Chris Paul to win his championship so bad. <laughs> uh, number two, Golden State. Okay. And number one, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I have a feeling. Big country, Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, wait, right. oh, no, they were the Vancouver Grizzlies then, weren't they? When Big Country <laughs> oh, yeah, was there. The, the when, cool. Bri- when Brian, Big Country Brian Reeves was there? Yeah, oh yeah, the, the Grizzlies, I'll tell you out there, their oh, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Go Grizzlies. Yeah. Go yeah. Jason Williams, he's a great guy. <laughs> Do I think they're going to win? Mm, probably not. Mm-hmm. But right now, I think the Grizzlies are playing the best basketball, and they've probably got the MVP of the NBA on their team right now. Okay. But that, that's later talk. A little tease. Later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Tyler, what about you, man? For the East, I'm going to go... Oof. I'm going to go Milwaukee 3. Okay. Uh, just because yeah, now that they're starting to get their, their shenanigans together... Mm-hmm. Um, because they were they were struggling at first, but it looks like they've been getting the, their stuff together and they were playing really well. And you can't count out Giannis, no, and dis- yeah. despite them being the defending champs. And uh, 
they were dealing with injuries as well, and it looks like they've gotten their guys back. So they're starting to play at their top level that they were last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Chicago at two. Homer. <laughs> uh, just because, I mean, they've proved to me that they're, they're a legit Bulls team this season than they've been in the past few seasons. Yeah. Uh, it's just that the pet lately they've been having a few hiccups and stuff like that. And the, the injuries that they're dealing with, it's just, they're going to have to overcome that, but they have. So that's why I'm putting them at two. And then I'm putting Brooklyn at one, even though with Kyrie Irving only being able to play in like half the season. Yeah. And then with Durant being out for a while, I just think later on in the end of the season, once they get off, uh, well, once Durant gets back, mm-hmm. cause I mean, it doesn't really matter because Kyrie can still only play half the games. Right. Uh, Brooklyn's just got that all-around talent. James Harden's been starting to catch his shot now lately and yep. being the, the absolute scorer. I'm just a little surprised that I totally thought this was just going to be kind of like an L.A. Lakers situation, get all these all-stars together, and it was just going to crumble, which I knew was going to happen with L.A. Mm-hmm. Not expecting that it's working out with Brooklyn just because you got Kyrie, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, who are all three guys that wants to take control. Yeah. And the fact that they're playing together – Fairly well. It's like good job, boy. It's like right. It's like congratulations. You have, you have kids in the uh, in recess. Like play nice. Yeah. <laughs> so they're playing nice with each other. Right. Um. In the West, I'm gonna go. He had to clear his throat on. I know. That. I know yeah. <laughs> this one's yeah, this one's tough. I'm gonna go Golden State three. Whoa. Despite. Wow. As, I mean, despite them being like really that. good, that that I'm back and a, forth that takes some like grapefruits that. putting yeah. them at three there, buddy. I'm taking, <laughs> I, I'm back and forth with yeah. Golden State and Memphis at three, but I gotta put Memphis above Golden State because right now, like we're talking about John Morant, mm-hmm. he's been. Who was uh, talking about John Morant? I just said they may have the MVP. <laughs> you don't know that. Oh, and Tyson Jones. Assumptions, <laughs> I, assumptions. Tyson Jones. assumptions, assumptions. I could have been talking about Big Country Brian Reeves. <laughs> could have been Jaron Jackson Jr. You never know. Could be anyone. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, to me, I believe the MVP should okay. be John Morant. I mean, I consider him uh, a better. I mean. With him and me in the same class as Zion, I almost considered him being a better player than Zion. Right now, he's paid out the better. You would have to play. You would have to play. Right now, he's playing better than Zion. Stop eating donuts. (laughs) It's beignets, man. Get it right. (laughs) Crawfish. So, with how Memphis has been playing, I'd put Memphis over at two. Probably. I mean, Memphis and Golden State can flip back and forth for me, but I still got Phoenix at number one. I mean, they're just absolutely killing it. Yeah. And I mean, I they were my favorites last season. And they're probably my favorites again this season. And I just like David said, I just want Chris Paul to win a damn championship. He <laughs> deserves it. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's my top three. Okay. Uh, well, for me in the East, so I'm actually I'm gonna say Milwaukee is my three. I'm gonna say Milwaukee is my three. My my number three. I'm gonna say Miami's my number two. Ooh, okay. And then I'm gonna probably say. Yeah, I'm going to probably say the Nets are probably my number one, and that's how I'm going to go. So no, nothing against Chicago. It's just as of – this is as of right now. The injuries have been a problem. They're on a skid at this moment. The Nets are proving to be that they're a little bit more solid even without Durant. Obviously, like you said, Harden's feeling his shot. Milwaukee, I feel like they'll still be there, but they are having some issues on defense, it feels like. Did you like. say you put Miami at three? Yeah, I put Miami okay. at th- – I, I mean, I like no, I like put, them. My, I put Miami at two. Milwaukee at three. Three. I'm putting Miami at two. I know. I was back and forth. Them yeah. putting Milwaukee or Miami. Because Miami up there. The thing I like about Miami is they're kind of doing what the Bulls have done, but they're 
there's more chemistry there. They've been there for a long time with each other. And Kyle Lowry kind of just instantly made everything click. I was a little weary about that at the beginning, but I feel like he's really connected with that team. He's added defense to that roster. They're very good at stopping teams. So yeah, I like I gotta say he, him going over to Miami. Oh, did yeah. Put a huge, huge impact on that team. Best move they could have made. Despite, I mean, uh, Jimmy Butler did a huge thing for Miami when the, in the, in the bubble. Yeah. When uh, they, he led him to the championship, which I did not think they should have been there. Nobody but did. hell, I was all for it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that missing piece was Kyle Lowry. Good lord, they're yeah. playing outstanding basketball. Absolutely. And then for the West, I've got Memphis in as my number three. It's good. They got one player right now that's dominating the scene, and then everybody else is kind of adding in their points here and there. But to be more complete, I think they're going to need like Jaron Jackson Jr. and other guys to start to step up. Golden State's on a slide right now. I think Clay coming in has made things very confusing. I just I don't. And here's the other thing: I don't know if. If Golden State has that championship energy going right now, I don't know if it's there yet. They're playing great, but it doesn't feel like they're at championship level just yet. Like they're playing at champ, or they're, they're playing at the level. They're playing at all star level. Just, they just don't think that they're like, oh damn, we're playing a lot better than we should be. Right, because they're overlooking what I think is the number one team, and that's Phoenix. Because mm-hmm. Phoenix is playing the best basketball you could possibly find. Honestly, I Chris love, Paul. I, I love me some Aton. I, I mean, DeAndre Ayton is playing great. He's the mini Shack right now, down low, destroying oh, guys. Yeah. Mikael Bridges is adding shots from the outside. Devin Booker, I don't know how that dude is not a starter in the All Star game. <laughs> dude is insanely he talented. Be. He needs to be. And Chris Paul, I mean, there's nobody better running the point. You're talking about a legendary Hall of Famer playing for that team who's cruising them right now to another chance to go for the championship. I think they're playing the best basketball. I think they're the best team. I honestly do. Devin Booker, I mean, obviously he, we, we've known this, but he's he's probably the next, I would say, like the upcoming star, like the, out of the, all the young guys, yeah. that they're going to be talking about him like they talk about LeBron, Kobe of it's, past generation. I feel possible. I could feel like him... Looking into as being that kind of guy, yeah, that kids ten plus years from now are going to consider him as who we considered yeah. Kobe and LeBron. Absolutely, I, I could see a total generation being like, "I want to be like Devin Booker." There's kids right now that are saying that they want to be like Devin Booker. But you already mentioned kind of the MVP talk, yeah. So I'm not going to go to you anymore because you've already said your MVP <laughs> for John Morant. I'm going to go to David actually because obviously, real quick before we get out of here, I want to know we're almost we're at the midseason kind of point for the NBA season. But who's your MVP, David? Kick it off, man. Who who do you got for your MVP for the NBA? Big Country Brian Reese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. So if we got to get him on the show now and let him know, uh, um, no, it, for me right now, oh. Head and shoulders above everybody else as far as playing-wise is John Morant. He has been absolutely on a different level than any other player in the NBA for probably the past month. Yeah. There's no doubt at this point. And without him, Memphis is nothing. Yeah. Nothing. And Tyler, you already said Ja's your man. Ja, yeah, he's probably my guy up there to win the MVP. My guy? (laughs) My gay. Even though there's plenty of guys that could, I mean... Kevin Same. Durant's been playing great yep. as well, but I mean... He wants LeBron James to win it. Don't let him lie. Don't, don't, like, oh, don't pl- do it. Please, yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> even though he's always in the talk, even though he doesn't, I, I, let me, he doesn't do anything. Let me say this. I will say this. He's playing out of his mind. Yes. He is. For his, no, he absolutely is. is. And for what he's, he is... He is single-handedly driving the Lakers to at least a play-in tournament. 
I do think he's going to be in that talk for MVP. Absolutely. I think he may even be there for a finalist for MVP. I'll say that, but I agree. If you're saying anybody is bang for buck helping their team more than anybody else, if it's not Chris Paul, but his numbers don't really translate there, it's John Moran for me. And I will say, give a little bit of respect to DeMar. A little bit of respect. Uh, yeah, I no, would just, absolutely. A little bit of respect I would like to, to see a little. Be, I'm mean, the homer here. I'm just saying. No, no, he should be. He should be in the conversation. conversation. Absolutely. In the conversation. No, not, without a doubt. In the conversation. That's that's all I'm asking for. As a Bulls fan, please. That's that's all, all I want. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, good luck to the Bulls. Hopefully that they can continue uh, to strive for greatness as they look for a chance to make the playoffs. But... The march to march is underway and continues to create madness before the madness. We talk college hoops craziness next here on Blow the Whistle. Ah, gotta love that music, folks. Can't wait to hear it in March. Absolutely, and we is, hope. Yes, we we hope. <laughs> yeah, and we pray because we got some brackets we got to do. Here, Biggest disappointment of my life last year. <laughs> Absolutely, and I got divorced last year, and that was the biggest disappointment in my life. <laughs> Did I, I just not, break you? I was not Did ready. I just break you? I was not ready for that. <laughs> Did I just break you? Come on, David, you got a water guy. I'm sorry, went, bro. I'm he, so he sorry. He went so personal. I, I wasn't ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll blow the whistle here. I'm Andrew Valentin. Welcome back, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Andrew Valentin. Here with David Dykstra. I'm crying right now. With I love Tyler it. Tyler Beautiful. Uh, I, I got was, them both, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Oh They're both crying. God. Hit us up. <laughs> blow the whistle. Oh at blow T whistle one on Instagram, Twitter. And Facebook. God damn you, David. Uh, all right. Um, well, uh, college basketball has been insane this year with the latest rankings uh, having Gonzaga returning to the number one spot. Oh. Uh, in descending order, it is Auburn, Arizona, Purdue, Baylor, Duke, Kansas, Wisconsin, UCLA, and Houston rounding out the top ten. So, question is, folks, for all the listeners out there and for the boys in here, the question is, who? it's kind of a three-parter, so hold on. Who has impressed? Who is in distress? And who has been the best-kept secret? Hit us up on Blow T Whistle one on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Want to hear from you guys. David, take it away, man. I'll give you guys some time to, like, collect yourself. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. My God. Um, actually, believe it or not, Auburn has really impressed me this mm-hmm. year. They've looked really solid, really, really, like, team-wise, yeah. just a full team that could do damage in, in the tournament, in the brackets. Absolutely. Um, I'm never going to believe in Gonzaga ever. (laughs) Oh, I never do. Never trust Uh, them. Uh, as far as distress, ladies and gentlemen, can we just talk about the, the absolute trash compactor that is the Memphis basketball team this year? (laughs) So much talent, so much talent. Jalen Duran. None of it. None of it is performing to expectation. Moni Bates. I've all been let down lately. It's just it's painful. Yes. And and everybody's now going, you know what? Maybe the Orlando Magic don't need Penny Penny Hardaway as their head coach. <laughs> <laughs> they're, probably, they're probably not a good thing. I don't know if I, I I'd still maintain that over in Orlando, but 
I just I, I I think it's a little bit of everything. I think it's a lot of individuals at Memphis trying yeah. to play as a team, and it's just not working out. Penny's doing his best, and, and there might be too many too many Chiefs, not enough not enough uh, too many Commanders, not en- not enough subordinates. You know mm, what I'm there saying? You go. Yeah. I, yeah, that would have been bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, saw, I knew what you were, you were going for, but I mean, yeah. I knew you were trying to avoid. There's a little PC wrong yeah. there. Um, <laughs> boy, I'm full of it today. Um, but you have you have who? Uh, you have Penny Hardaway as the head coach. You have Larry Brown as one of his assistants, and yep. then you have uh, 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 Stottlemyre. No, uh, no, God, it's, I can't it's remember. a North Carolina dude. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't remember off the yeah. top of my head. Sorry, folks. Uh, yeah. But yeah. But all three of them are, are a, a type personalities. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if that's also an issue. Yeah. But for, for my sleeper team, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm telling you right now, everybody better watch out for Texas tech. Okay. I, <laughs> they, they are one of those teams that if they get rolling, mm-hmm. w- could make a serious, serious run. Like they did what two two years ago. To the finals? Uh, yeah. Two yeah. years ago to the finals? Against Virginia. Yeah. So it could happen, and they came a bucket away from winning the whole thing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so for me, I mean, I'll, I'll say for... You mo- notice, hey, I didn't... I, can I just <laughs> say I did not homer there, and I'm so proud of myself that I did not I homer? Was, and despite yeah. Duke's been playing pretty well. They, they have. Once again, though. They need that elite big man. Oh yeah! I don't believe in Duke until they have a big man that's <laughs> pouring in tw- uh, a double double every night. Eighteen and ten. Every every <laughs> yeah. time they do that, yeah. they win a national title. Absolutely. Every true. single time yeah. they have a big man that does uh, that, yeah. they win a national title. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I agree. Auburn has been really impressive. I, I know they were picked as early favorites, but I got to give some love to Purdue. I think they have maybe the best player in the nation in Ivy. I think he has been insanely good. I think he's one of the best. I think he's one of the best guards in the country. I don't think there's any question. He has been one of the elite guys. I mean, he's been scoring 16 points a game and he's been clutch for them the entire year. He's really been the leader for that team. Disappointments. You know, I got to say USC has really kind of been a letdown in a in a way. I mean, they've been a little bit of a surprise for sure, but they've kind of been a letdown in the sense that I'm I'm not feeling like they they're giving me the same the same energy that they did before. I know they have uh, Evan Mobley's brother, Isaiah being kind of the guy that's leading the charge, but I just feel like, I feel like they're kind of more on the downside, the turmoil, you know, they're just, they're not, they're not running it the same way that they used to. So I, I don't know. I maybe, maybe I'm a little bit maybe I'm a little bit outside of it. I don't know, but I, I don't, I don't really trust USC. Meanwhile, the other team in Los Angeles, I really like UCLA. I really like UCLA. Yeah. I, I mean, the kid, Juzang, I think is his name, the guard. He's incredible. He's leading the charge for that team. They look, they play great team basketball. You want to talk about some great team basketball? Auburn and UCLA are doing it. They are pass the ball, find the easy shots, dominate your teams. I'm telling you, UCLA, I know, and I know UCLA is ranked in the top 10, but I, I would honestly say, do not be shocked if this team possibly makes the move to a top five top two spot. I think they're that good. They may even become the number one I'm team because I got no faith in Gonzaga as well. They were ranked number three, but they haven't lost recently. What made them drop to number? They dropped six spots. So I believe it was towards the beginning of the season. They dropped a loss uh, pretty fairly early. I think it was. If I I'm think not it was to an unranked team. Yeah. Too. Their so, only loss is to Gonzaga. 
Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I think that was, was a number one team. I'm surprised that they would drop that far. It, it well, might have been other. Okay, it's, keep in mind, too, the, the, early, the other teams the early that win. season yeah. stuff yeah, that's goes true. more on like dominant wins. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know what? Gonzaga blew the doors off of them. That's yeah, right. That's Gonzaga game. blew that's the oh, yeah, doors. We were here and we were trying yeah. to make the picks with you and Mike about, well, who should we take? And I was like, you know, I really like you, UCLA. I think they could do. And then Gonzaga was just like, boom, just yeah. Not yeah, that was eighty three to sixty three. Yeah, yeah so. they blew the doors What's off of it? UCLA. That's, it was over by half. Yeah, That's and, ridiculous. And, and I think it was a a reactionary thing. Yeah, to where they dropped them. And and because I LA think media that was the thought same. that they were done. <laughs> they were saying UCLA was cooked. That was the same week that. I, what was it? Three days later, Duke beat Gonzaga. Yeah, it was like upset and, to upset, and, and it was like and what? Duke jumped a whole bunch of people. Yeah, so yeah. So I it was as early. It's just like in football; those early, early those yeah. AP polls yeah. don't really They're mean a whole weird. heck of a lot. Right? right. No, no, you're, you're totally right. Absolutely. What about you, Tyler? Um, I'm also going with Auburn as well. Despite even though, I mean, they were they were a solid. I forgot how far they met, they made it last season, or. Yeah. I believe they made it to like the elite eight. Yeah, they made, it it was, far, they made it pretty and, far. So I'm liking how they've been playing right now. They've been playing really good basketball. Yeah, I will always say this, it, just like how I say about the Cowboys, mm-hmm. Gonzaga is overrated. Despite <laughs> they surprised me last year, making it to the championship. Yeah, yeah. But I, I knew they were going to get their asses beat by Baylor. I want to say just real quickly, and then you can finish. Gonzaga, it's funny how everybody has been rooting for them for so long, and now it's kind of like the Buffalo Bills thing where it's like, please <laughs> stop making it to the championship. Please stop being a number one. Because we're just, tired it of it. It just ruins the championship. Just, exactly. We get sick of it. I, I remember I was watching that game. <laughs> that, that game was on, and then I believe, uh, what the hell else was playing? I don't know. I was watching another game. But I was going to have this on the big screen, but right. then I'm like, this game's pointless. Yeah. So I put it on my laptop just in case if something happens. Right. They didn't happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I like, I'm piggyback. I like Purdue as well. Purdue's been playing like really great basketball as well. They've been kind of surprising me after they, they they just beat Illinois, right? Yes. They yeah, just, they beat, just Illinois beat Illinois today. 96 to 88 in overtime. Here's my only issue with Purdue. Mm-hmm. And it's my issue with a lot of these teams that make it into. Tell me who else is in the Big Ten that's any kind of relevant. Wisconsin. Ohio State, Michigan State. I mean, they're making some noise, but in terms of, like, the pure dominance, Purdue's got a full team of seniors and juniors that have been playing together for years. They're going to run the table probably. And and this is my issue with it because there is – Big Ten is down this year. Right. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. To me, Auburn, they're playing in probably – no, I'm going to say they are playing in the – I can't believe I'm going to say this about the SEC <laughs> basketball. SEC basketball this year is legit. Yeah. Absolutely legitimate, and they are playing in the toughest conference in basketball this year. It's weird. Yeah. It's like you never really see I mean, SEC even bas- like bas- It's only been Kentucky, and, and now you've got Alabama and Georgia and all these other teams that are starting Alabama to Alabama has up. been turning t- closer to a basketball school. They're like an in the past school. Well, and Kentucky's turning into a football school, so what is going on? I know. <laughs> They're like, screw grades. Let's get some sports up in here. here. Here's my thing, though. The same can be, and that's why I didn't put Duke in my top yeah. either, because tell me, other than Duke, who's going from the ACC? I would have said UNC because that's my team, but they're not even ranked. I, I know they've got like four or five losses and that's it, and they still have a chance to make the tournament, but they have a much better chance if they can get themselves ranked. And at this point, they're going to have to be fighting for an opportunity. Yeah. They have to, they're going to have to go to the 
uh, ACC tournament. ACC tournament. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to be in that and final make a game. Run. Yeah, they're gonna have to be in that final game to be able to get a chance. I think a good chance. I'm not talking about just be in there. They got to get a good chance. They got to be there. So for me, two of the dominant conferences typically in basketball are having down seasons. Yeah, I know, which is and, weird. Yeah, and these other conferences are are stepping up, and it's interesting to see. I I'm I'm gonna be real. Do not sleep on Texas Tech. <laughs> within was, yeah. within three days, they beat number one Baylor and K- number six Kansas. Yeah, I, there's a lot of teams in this one. Honestly, there's Iowa. It's, Iowa State's looked really good. I'll even give some love to Texas. Like those dudes are playing good. They've been pretty solid in this last couple games. They've been pretty good in the stretch. And of course, a little love to our guys in Loyola. Uh, they yeah, are yeah. ranked. They're yeah. ranked. They, I, don't I'll, put I'll, a pass to the Rambles, going to run. Baby. I will ride don't with Loyola a, <laughs> as much as I can, dude. Here's here's the thing, though. Uh, we, we we talked about it last year, Tyler. This might be even worse than last year if last year had happened. This might be the most wide open oh, NCAA yes. tournament this is be ever. Pick your poison. I mean, you can make 30 and different brackets. Be, you won't hit the winner, I guarantee you. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, anybody, be anybody who picks it completely <laughs> right this year deserves that billion dollars that they're trying to give away with tax turbo or <laughs> Dude, whatever. No, <laughs> rocket mortgage. Or, no by chance, the way, so you can give us... You could give us 1% of that billion dollars rocket mortgage or whoever it is, yeah. and we will we will promote you like nobody's business. Absolutely. You get, you get all the advertisement in the world for all that money. All right. Well, obviously, we're going to see what happens. March Madness, it's coming up very soon here, folks. Two months away, and we're going to be, we're going to be in it. So coming up, though, uh, we have been having an immaculate conversation uh, between all of us here beforehand, the sh- before the show. Uh, we will let you know... If, we will let you in for the touchdown uh, next here on Blow the Whistle. Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. The Broncos have been in three overtime games this year. They won them all. Got him. Got him at the 40. It's Thomas at the 50. Stimmer got him three to the 30. To the 20. Thomas to the 10. Denver's going on the New England. Last chance for the Steelers. Bradshaw trying to get away. And his pass is broken up by Tatum. Tipped off. Rachel Harris has it. And he's over. Rachel Harris. Work the ball to Steps into it. Pass is Welcome back, everybody, here to Blow the Whistle. That is highlights courtesy of Fox Sports, CBS Sports, and NFL Network as well. Great moments in the NFL that you all... Some of them were, yes. Some of them them were painful for others, of course. You may love them, you may hate them, but at the end of the day, folks, they did happen. They are history. Uh, Well... Again, Andrew Valentin here with David Dykstra and Tyler the Beauty Ball. For the final moment here, ladies and gentlemen, obviously with the NFL playoffs currently underway, we've been discussing some of our favorite moments in NFL history when it comes to the playoffs. So the ultimate question that we have for you, ladies and gentlemen, that obviously we want to ask you, and then I will ask the gentleman here, is what are your favorite moments in NFL playoff history? And obviously there's a lot of them here, folks. So we want to hear from you. Is that Blow T Whistle 1 on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We want to hear from you guys as well as at Blow T Whistle Radio at gmail.com. Tyler, man, 
You want to start this off? I was going to say, you guys should probably go first because I'm way older than you guys. <laughs> so I'm all, hey, uh, man, I got some too. I could, I, you know, I'm, I may be young, but I got the history down. So, but Tyler, I got you want some to old off? ones. But uh, one I'm going to start off with, um, which I thought it was just absolutely nuts, and it was in the highlight reel, was the Minneapolis miracle, which I thought that was, yeah, it was pretty insane. Um, See, that's what I define as like a moment because I can tell you exactly where I was when it happened. Yeah, I was exactly. I, believe I was just at my parents' house watching this. I was bar. <laughs> I was bartending. Uh, no. I was bartending at Chili's. My uh, <laughs> no joke. My brother. And the whole rest. No, uh, sorry. The whole restaurant exploded. Like oh, the whole oh, restaurant. Absolutely. Oh my gosh! Because who would have thought just, that was going to yeah. happen? No, no one <laughs> did. Ahead. And uh, no, I was watching with my family and my brother. He, he like his secondary team. Of like a fan is the Saints. He loves the Saints. Yeah, and he was obviously rooting for them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go against the Saints just to annoy the hell out of you. <laughs> and as soon as that happened, I was screaming like, ah, oh, just to piss him off. <laughs> and he was furious. It was awesome. But yeah. I mean, that like something like that. It was just the catch. The fact that Diggs was able to stay in bounds, like that was nuts. Mm-hmm. And then I I keep saying this every time I see the see the highlight and I laugh about it. I'm like. I love that he throws his helmet because I'm like thinking like, what if someone's back there and he just, right. <laughs> just dome someone in the helmet with his helmet? I was just like, but uh, no, that that's one of my coolest moments that I remember. Um, are we just gonna rotate through, or are we gonna spew them all out? I mean, once? we can just we can spew them all out because like for me, I mean, the helmet catch probably is one of my favorite moments. I oh, I yeah. was I was just getting into football, just getting into sports at this point. I was starting to understand the game a lot, and I'm seeing Eli. Getting tackled. I'm in a room with a bunch of people, friends, and stuff. I'm not. I'm still trying to understand how this game football works at this point. <laughs> but I'm watching Eli roll out after he breaks all those tackles, and he goes and he just launches it as you never should do in the middle of the oh, field no as a quarterback. Joke. And David Tyree somehow just sticking his hand on his helmet to keep that ball there is insane. And that I mean it, that to me said they're going to win. That, that said it right there. They're going to win this game. And sure enough, you got the toss to Plexico Burris to win the game there. I mean, it was an insane moment. And that kick started everything for the Giants at that point. And obviously, they went on to win another one when Eli threw another great catch to Mario Manningham on the sideline. I mean, against two defenders, too, mind you. Um, if I can say, too, also, one that I saw, which my dad showed me as I was getting into football, was the catch. My dad showed me this one. It was the Joe Montana to Dwight Clark in the back of the end zone against the Dallas Cowboys. NFC Championship. And, and now knowing all the details of how it's Joe Montana and Bill, and it's Bill going, throw it high enough that he can't, he can catch it, but high enough so that it goes out of the end zone if he if can't. He can. yep. That I love a lot. I love so much more about the details that went into that, and that just shows why they were two of the greatest. Mm-hmm. And I and I love that moment. I love the fact that it was, and the precision that it took, and that Joe's like sitting on his back, and afterwards he's like, did we score? Is it a touchdown? And they're like, yes, we won the game. And he's like, cool, get me up. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. David? Um, One of my very first memories is actually a Chicago Bears memory and it's it's the fog bowl oh Oh, yeah I absolutely remember starting to watch that game and then all of a sudden (laughs) you couldn't see a thing yeah no no game to me it was one of the coolest like just the fact that 
like no one could do anything yeah. as far as play by play or anything like that. <laughs> it's just one of the shout out to Vern Longquist oh, by the way for know. being able to to because I've watched the the what is the NFL timeline thing on it and you just hear him go and there's the ball and he dis- disappears into a cloud of, of fog and yeah. it's like that's the game for you that was how it was called yeah and it, it was it was just one of those moments in time that you probably will very rarely ever see again. It's yeah. just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I love about some of these like these games. Um how much like just like the weather like in, cer- in a certain amount of these games is like it's just like you never expect to see something like this yeah. come in and like it can just come in like so abruptly and it's just insane. Absolutely. Um one of my moments, even though I believe it was a Super Bowl, but um I was always, I thought this was so cool. Um I more learned about it and knew about it. When uh, I played football at Aurora Christian, and mm-hmm. the varsity head coach is a former NFL player, I think I've mentioned it to you guys, Don yeah. Don Beebe. Yes, he played. Yeah. yeah, played for the Bills, and then won a Super Bowl with Brett Favre and the mm-hmm. Packers. What I thought was so cool because I think it was just the whole message, and then like people like it's still like you see it as one of the best Super Bowl moments, like you always see it advertised. Was when the Bills were already like down like a boatload. I know exactly against like the Cowboys. Yeah. yeah, and. Uh, I forgot who points. I forgot who picked it up. Leon Lett. Leon Lett, baby. Yes. And he was running down the field, and then BB just comes flying in because he was a fast, fast receiver. Still probably back in the day. is. Yeah. <laughs> probably <laughs> can uh, still run a 4-7 or something. His, his son's still pretty quick. His oh, son yeah. plays for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but just seeing him knock that football out of his hand while he was showboating. And uh, I love seeing it because they, they put it, I know that like, at least it was a couple years ago, they uh, – they did it for like a Super Bowl special, Super Bowl Sunday special, yes. and they had both of them together. And I guess they're still good friends to this day. Yeah, which I thought I thought was cool. But I mean, just that whole like situation, like everyone could have been like, ah, hell, I mean, we're already getting our asses <laughs> kicked anyways. Yeah, and he's just bolting down the field to, to get that ball. I thought that was just so cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, other ones that I mean, I was alive for these. Obviously, these were years ago. Yeah, the ice ball. Uh, you know the the I wasn't the QB even alive sneak. for the yeah. ice bowl. The QB <laughs> sneak. I mean, that's legendary with Bart Starr going in the end zone. I know that's Green Bay, but gotta give love. And I mean, it was the first one we. It, it's one of the biggest ones ever. The immaculate reception. I mean, Franco Harris grabs that ball out of the end zone, and still the debate on if that was legal or not. Raiders still say it's illegal. Steelers say who cares? <laughs> it's over and done <laughs> with in history. Honestly, though, the fact that he had the the mental awareness to go and make that catch says a lot about who Franco Harris was and I think was part of the thing that helped kickstart the Steelers honestly I mean you could kind of point that as like the moment like okay oh, yeah. Steelers got rolling after do you that want a moment little in, do you want a little inside story as the, uh, as the man from the, uh, from the state itself uh, Rooney was at the owner yeah. Art Rooney was actually <laughs> headed down to the field to congratulate Al, uh, Al Davis Al Davis on the win I did not know that. And did not actually see the play. So by the time he got off the elevator, everybody's going insane. And he goes, what happened? (laughs) And they go, we just scored a touchdown. Franco caught the ball and ran it in for a touchdown. And from there, yeah, that's legit where the dynasty started for sure. You can absolutely, I feel like you can trace it back from that moment. I can't believe either one of you. And I know it's Super Bowl, but yeah. Devin Hester? I was about to say that. Yeah. Come on. I, I was yeah. saving like, that for the Super Bowl, you know? Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's, so that's clear cut. P- playoff wise, playoff wise for me, one last one. Oh, wow. You know what? I would have to say, <laughs> I I can't remember if it, it was the NFC championship. Uh, Minnesota drives down to win the game 
Gary Anderson hasn't missed a field goal mm. all year. Yeah, <coughs> against Atlanta. Against Atlanta. 1998. And completely goes wide, wide right, right? I believe so, yeah. And Atlanta goes to the Super Bowl because Gary Anderson misses his first field goal of the season. 50, I could not believe it. 56 of 56, I think he was on a record. Wow. Of not missing a field goal, and he misses one in the biggest playoff game That's... ever. And it was a Mr. Automatic. And it put Atlanta in the Super Bowl for the first time ever. Absolutely. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for us here on Blow the Whistle. We want to thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for being a part with us. Uh, obviously, follow us on our social media at Blow T Whistle One on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Hit us up on the email at Blow T Whistle Radio at gmail.com. We want to hear from you guys. You guys can always catch the show, of course, on every single podcast platform that you can find. I'm not going to list them all because there's too many to Just list. Just don't forget about Quad Pod. Just don't forget about Quad Pod because they never forget, forget about, about you. you. Uh, but uh, it's not an ad. But if they want an ad, we can, more likely we'll do it. If they and in my ads. face will be all over it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but obviously, guys, uh, we appreciate it so Just much. Just going to be an O of uh, Quad Pod. <laughs> Just his face. Absolutely. <laughs> With the whole thing around his face. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, from all of us here, I'm Andrew Valentin. Tyler Buterbaugh. David Dykstra. We want to thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Blow the Whistle.